Being like, oh, be like my, be like my voice cords. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. And uh, thanks for listening to I Don't Get It. This is a podcast about performance in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. And I'm Andrew. And uh, again, Paul is doing wildfire things this week. So we are covering other things. Andrew, how are you? Good. And I think this might be a great time to mention that we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Powered powered by by ATB. And I also think we should mention that Paul is no longer um, far flung across the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but is indeed uh, doing some festivaly things. Doing other festivaly things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working. He's with, actually working. So. <laughs> yeah, working with like a cavalcade of you know young improvisers. Young improvisers. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I know it's maybe like a little bit. Um, you know, full disclosure. You and Paul both work for Rapid Fire Theater, but what is the Wildfire Festival? Yeah, well, we can't get around that fact, can we? Which no. is why we don't usually cover Rapid Fire like ever <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but it is major thing that happens it is it is um well wildfire uh, like uh, maybe to put it into context of what it is within you know rapid fire as a whole uh is a teen improv festival that's actually made up of three different tournaments so there is the nose bowl which is is a whole bunch of um edmonton uh high school improv teams uh and then there's the cig which is the canadian improv games uh so we sort of are doing that chapter uh over here um we'll, uh and then there's the wildfire junior which is like junior high kids uh mm-hmm. so there's like you know just shy of 30 schools uh and a bunch of uh of kids uh that come through to uh participate in just having like a really good time and just like learning sort of you know the tenets of improv uh and putting those to to practice and uh, getting to be on stage at the citadel theater in citadel uh, or sorry in, in zeeler hall and um it's really great it's such a positive atmosphere uh, i have to say i i've been catching a whole bunch of opening week um mm-hmm. Why not? So Paul is running that this year. Yeah, um, big, so big that's what's job. eating up his time. Well, I'm for and, and correct. Correct me if this is not true. Um, many of these improvisers who were are in the high school and junior high festivals often end up going into either you know like theater or or not not necessarily rapid fire, but other sort of like improv and and gigs themselves. Like this is sort of. Um, a, maybe a little bit of a breeding ground at least i guess like any sort of like art school is but... oh yeah well when you look at uh, rapid fire which is like a you know one of it's just a very large and established uh, and a multi-generational it, it, company it, it, inc- really improv yeah. companies yeah um the wildfire festival festival is is a very big part uh uh of that um you know, I think you might be pretty hard pressed to find uh, a player in rapid fire theater that didn't have some sort of a touch point with the company initially through uh, wildfire or high school. Um, not everybody, of course, but it is a big um, 
it is it is a bit of a feeder pool uh, in a lot of ways, and we have um, high school students that started out there. Uh, who have gone on to university and become teachers who are also players and now are in the regular company mm -hmm. uh, official like playing alongside former students of theirs. Yes, and stuff. I always find so interesting and fascinating about seeing the senior the senior company of Rapid Fire is that it is like a really interesting batch of people. Like you know you have high school science teachers and you have biochemists and all sorts of, I don't, you know, like there's, there's incredible, an, an incredible mix of people that make up, um, an improv company who aren't just, um, who are not just sort of like classically trained theater performers, um, which I think is, makes the show really interesting. It really does. It's like when, uh, improv is always the best when you have your players bringing in their own personal experiences that are, you know, different from each other, uh, and getting those folks onto stage, uh, you know, at the same time and just making things up and seeing where it goes. So if the public can go see Wildfire, um, can, can they go check out some of these kids, uh, trying out their, trying out their wares? <laughs> well, yeah, they can. Absolutely. Uh, you can head to the Rapid Fire's website, uh, rapidfiretheater.com. Uh, but I would also just put a disclaimer on this too. It's like, it, it is high school improv. It's not Rapid Fire's regular programming where like sort of uh, the professionals or the big guns uh, are doing their things. So um, definitely keep that in mind, but also go and support like the next generations of- Some stars who, who, in the making. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the people that you will eventually see on our stages, um, you know, as they are, at this very moment, cutting their teeth <laughs> on the Ziedler stage exactly. at the Wildfire Festival. And yeah. possibly also involving scenes with teeth and cutting. Um, <laughs> yes. Dentist is a very common <laughs> scene suggestion. such a common suggestion. <laughs> Give me a profession. Doctor, dentist, teacher. That's how it goes. Anyhow. All right. Well, th well thank you for that tangent, actually. Those... those Oh, you asked for it, and I deliver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Fonda, um, wildfire aside, um, there's another festival that's going on in town uh, this week, uh, which is actually um, another amalgamation or like a group of organizations and smaller festivals that are coming together to make Chinook Festival. The, it's the Chinook series. The Chinook series. It is bigger than a festival because uh, okay, it is okay. comprised of many smaller festivals. And I had um, I had the opportunity to take a very special guest um, to the opening night of the Chinook series. And we'll just throw to that now. Hello, everyone. Uh, I here, I'm here with a very special guest today. And well, how about I allow you to introduce yourself, special guest? <laughs> Hello, um, my name's Lisa Pruden, and I'm super excited to be on the show today. Great. And well, what did we do yesterday, Lisa? Uh, yesterday, we went to the opening night of Chinook Festival and had ourselves quite the adventure. Yeah, the Chinook series is this sort of um, kind of mammoth thing. Uh, have you so have you been to Chinook series before, or or, or I guess you, I mean, what's your what's your experience with performance in Edmonton been like? Uh, intermittent. So <laughs> <laughs> I really like uh, I go to improv occasionally for improv a lot of the time. Recently, Sphinxes. Uh, I really enjoy that. Um, definitely. I try to go to the Citadel a couple times a year and then try to go to 
I think Fringe Festival is always a wonderful festival. Mm-hmm. What I like about Edmonton's performance scene is we're very collaborative and there's always something happening. And it's one of those things that's, it's always a safe bet. Like you don't know quite what you're going to get necessarily, but it's always worth the ride. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what happened to us yesterday a little bit. Weren't really sure what we were in for. Um, when I uh, when I invited you to an evening at Chinook, um, can you tell me a little bit about maybe about what your expectations were versus what actually happened? <laughs> uh, so for, for the festival in general, uh, I kind of took a peek at the schedule and then was immediately overwhelmed because uh, it's two weeks of just color bars of stuff <laughs> happening. So I just focused in on, on the night that we were going. Uh, and I think what I was expecting was two distinct performances. Um, and I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect out of those, but I thought we would arrive, go to performance one, that would end, and we would just go to performance two. That's not what happened. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, um, let's get into it. Um, before we go on, I will note that um, all of the color bars that you are seeing on the Chinook series, now that you, of course, know what they are, but I'll let our listeners know that um, the Chinook series is has to color code their schedule because they're actually made up of six smaller festivals um, and or smaller festivals or um, programming streams, I would say. Um, but a lot of them do call themselves festivals. Uh, like there's the Canoe Theater Festival, which is kind of, I would say, how this all really started a few years back. Um, and then which brought in the Expanse Festival, which was um, the dance festival that had been running for, um, I think, 10 or so years at the time, at the time that Chinook all kind of like started its umbrella thing. Fringe Theater is also also in there. Then there's also um, Black Arts Matter, which is a festival of black talent that we have in the city. Um, and then Sound Off, a deaf theater festival, which I believe is the only deaf theater festival in Canada. So all of those things <laughs> comprise Chinook. It all happens in and around the Arts Barns in Old Strathcona for um, two hashtag two hot weeks in February. Um, and so we saw the opening last night, uh, and the first performance that we saw was um, with a dancer, a solo dancer, as part of the Expanse stream of things. Um, and her name is Kiratika Rathanaswamy. Now, um, what what were some of your first impressions on on seeing this show, Lisa? <laughs> um, her strength was amazing. So. The movements and the form she took with her body, a lot of it was really big lunges. And I I don't fully know how to describe it, except for I was so impressed with just the strength she had to move her body the way she was moving it. Yeah. It, um, it's, uh, it's So Kiratika practices a style of dance called Bharatanatyam, which is an Indian classical dance um, uh, discipline. And it's um, it's characterized by certain types of movements and, and shapes uh, and storytelling as well. Um, so what were some of the things that you noticed about the way that she told stories or the way that storytelling is done with this type of dance? Um, it's very expressive. I think I was surprised at how expressive her face was um, and how her arms were used a lot of the times to present characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the story unfolded, uh, my feminist feathers were very happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was 
Um, well, you could probably explain the story better than I could. Um, well, we yeah, sure, we can definitely get into that. Um, I so it's the style Bharatanatyam is um, traditionally um, started out as temple dances, and and they were meant to be devotional and telling stories of of the gods um, in India. And it what I found so just like wonderful and refreshing was that there while there was still a lot of harking back to like very classical, very you know traditional styles of movement with this. Um, I also felt that the inclusion of the video, um, so there she's she's backdropped by sort of like three panels of video, which allows allowed some narration and um, really illustration of what the gesture she was using meant. So this was a storytelling technique that they kind of, um, they used to bring this story, and essentially it's about the dancer um, playing uh, sort of like a love game with uh, the god Shiva. Um, I think that um, you were saying when your feminist feathers were tickled, <laughs> um, it was because she has a lot of agency in this story. And it's really it was really refreshing to see, you know, not only a very technically skilled um powerful dancer, but also someone who was, um, you know, playful, coy, had agency, um, and just very, like, there was, there was a distinct character in the dance, too. Um, and that was just, it was just a joy to watch. Absolutely. I really loved her character. And I think one of my favorite things about it was, like, in, in the Western world, the love stories we see are the female is usually pursued. And demure perhaps in that process but in this case the dancer is is the pursuer she is wooing shiva mm-hmm. uh, with intent <laughs> with intent <laughs> and some force even <laughs> yes and very provocative and not at all subtle intent she knows mm-hmm. what she wants out of this and and is very expressive and deliberate about saying to shiva hey you should you should hey, come over to this mate. Come on over here. Yeah. Let's make love. And then she I does this. Bed. And then she does this actual gesture for making love like numerous times throughout. <laughs> and you wonderful. know, you know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's almost well, shocking. Well, because the video has sort of told you, right? They've sort of set up a number of gestures and parts of the story. Like I thought it was brilliant how um, how the video sort of illustrated all of the gestures going through the story, where Vishnu and Brahma are arguing about something, and then. They see a stream of light, and they're wondering what the source of the light is. So Vishnu goes around on a boar to look for, um, to see this, the source that's from the bottom. And uh, Brahma goes from the top with swans. And there's gestures for all of this. And because they've narrated th- it through the video, when Kirotika does them afterward, it's just, it, it's so, it, it's just like, wow, I, like, I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and even, even without um, getting those sort of, like, finer aspects of, this this very complex language of gesture that's being performed um, you, it's still very enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, the expression is also very deliberate. Um, it's so rare that dancers use their face muscles that much um, and it's it, I, I was I was just impressed. She she's a very charismatic performer as well. And also the um, the uh, garment that she was wearing um, 
is different than uh, some of the Indian dance that we've seen in Edmonton before. I know when Paul and I have seen Indian dances, it's often been Kathak style, and it's it's characterized by a lot of spinning. So they have a big skirt or a skirt and more flowing clothing. Um, but this one, the she's wearing a very fitted sari, um, so you can really see the shape of the body and the very characteristic low um, low bends that she's doing. I would say that they look like like a very deep ballet plie, um, but her heels are usually on the ground, so which is, you know, kind of out, outside of Western dance comprehension. <laughs> or like physical ability for most people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the physical prowess to do this as well, um, it, you know, she's doing these sweeping lunges and twists and everything. Um, some of the movement vocabulary that you do see is... Um, recognizable as yoga asanas like you can see the tree and the wheel and um you know but she really kirotika is making like all of the white ladies in you know sunday yoga class like just look like chumps with how poised (laughs) and like strong she is in these in these movements and also of course continuing to tell you a story while she's like you know holding holding these incredible positions that are that just illustrate you know just like just this beauty. Um, my, I think my favorite movements, though, were the ones where she was illustrating Kama and she's being shot by Kama's arrows. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Oh, those were just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she would go into that very deep lunge with her back legs stretched out behind and pull her arm back and fire the arrow mm-hmm. and then stand and turn and be struck in the chest and, oh, yeah, yeah, and she and she'd animate these like being struck in the chest, and then um, because because Kama's arrows are sort of like Cupid's arrows, she's being you know overtaken by this feeling of love, and um, yeah, it was just just then she and then love would swell in her bosom, you know, and she's just <laughs> like it was just just such a beautiful performance, and it's such a treat to see um, uh, a long form piece. You, normally, when um, you get to see. Almost any kind of cultural dance, let's say, except for Shumka, who gets their big main stage moments all the time. Um, often when we get to see any of these sort of international cultural dances, we only get to see a few minutes at like a, you know, multicultural fair or something like that. And then this was just to have it be the opening performance at the Chinook series. I thought that was I thought that was really special and really great to see like you know, a full hour of it. Absolutely. It was a delight. Um, and I think, yeah, it just added to the impact of getting it because I don't think I don't think I would have had the same sense of kind of awe that I got by the end of the hour had it only been like a five minute window into this cool thing Mm -hmm. but instead spending that time with it and watching her move through this performance and take us on the journey it was it was really amazing yeah yeah you really allowed really allowed to like kind of sink into the narrative and appreciate not only the story but also just this incredible incredible piece of movement that was happening um and so well and after that then (laughs) we all spilled out into the lobby to see um you know running on our way to the next performance at the backstage theater around the corner um but before we got outside there was something happening happening in the lobby. What was that? Yeah, it was really great, actually. I, I We had <clears throat> run into uh, an old friend, and uh, we were chatting, and all of a sudden he's like, I think, I think there's something happening. <laughs> and I kind of looked out into the crowd, and it's like people sitting around, people waiting, and then, wait a second, there's like 
a handful of people all dressed in black long coats with no shoes just milling about. <laughs> yeah, and then they all kind of group together and and then they, you know, and of course, you know, as they start grouping together, the lobby turns towards them. Everybody's just like, oh, something's happening. Let's watch this. Um, so I believe it was five performers. Um, they all start walking towards a, a, a circle that's uh, laid on the ground in uh, sort of like it's a plastic circle, I guess. Um, they all kind of take their black um, coats off before they get to this circle, sit around it. And they're all and then they're all in whites. Um, just sort of like white bodysuit underwear type things. Um, and then, and then, well, how did that progress, Lisa? Well, it, it became a, uh, a really hypnotic movement around the circle. Yeah, and then um, and they sort of broke into um, two very distinct groups. Um, two of the dancers sort of took a back seat, uh, and then three of them, or, and then um, two of them sat in the, in the middle of this circle, and one ended up actually dancing with some red silks that were hung that you kind of didn't notice until she picked them up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, and then there's a narration that starts coming on the overhead speaker in the lobby, um, and it's, uh, it's a poem about... Um, seems to be about re- reclaiming and reclamation. Um, the performers uh, in the circle are also have two jars with them. One is full of berries. Um, and then you don't really realize what the other one is until it mentions it in the poem, but it is salmon. And um, and they're eating from from this, this jar of salmon like, to start. Like chowing down. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Was, that was kind of impressive all on its own. What was great <laughs> what was great was how much they were really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> like they were very, very happy with it. There's more they, they were talking a bit more about um, trauma and things, especially while um, the dancer was performing in the silks. But then she joins the two that are in the circle and they start um, eating all of the berries in the other container and rubbing them all over each other. And that's when it sort of gets more um, joyful and and fun. It, it seemed to um, reinforce the idea that no matter how uh, no matter how much of a culture you can lose um, through you know colonization and um, there's still joy in and in, in remembering very simple things very simple tastes um, mm-hmm. and and natural things that um, and and I think that in in the lobby, there was there was that feeling of joy, that recognition that just kind of like, oh, yeah, salmon and berries. Great. So then we went over to the backstage theater. Had you been in the backstage theater before? I have. Yes. I think it was for a fringe play last year. So we walked over there for a piece um, called Unfold. Now, and Unfold was the opening piece for Synergia. Synergia is the newest part of the Chinook series. Um, and this uh, this one was this event was hosted by Lady Vanessa Cardona, who is um, a spoken word poet and just sort of like effervescent, incredible personality um, in the art scene in town. Um, and well, what what sorts of things did we see at Unfold? Oh man, what didn't we see? <laughs> it was it was really amazing. Um, it was such a cool space. Uh, the the hostess. Sorry, Lady. Lady Vanessa Cardona. So Lady Vanessa Cardona introduced it all, made the space safe, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we were just gifted like a series of performances from film to a philosophical deconstruction of the body to poetry and dance and breath singing. Yeah, we like, saw I so mean, much. It, it, it topped off the evening with some incredible throat singing. Um, by it, like 
And I, I wanted to point out a couple of the performers um, of the people who were presenting because they were pretty cool. Again, seeing some more great dance, um, a dancer named Tato, uh, who is a great hip hop artist, um, showed us a few different styles. That was like fantastic to see. Um, also, I was really blown away by um, Maria Rodriguez. Her her poetry was just beautiful. She she did a piece about anxiety or, or, or mental health. Health. It was. She said it was about mental health, and it was about comparing her, um, you know, sort of sometime depression to what her parents felt in Civil War. <laughs> yeah. She made it. She made a bit of a joke about it to start off the poem. Yeah. But it was, um, you know, she just had just a, a beautiful energy and really was um, just kind of like. Uh, just a very generous storyteller, I think, in in terms of sharing her experience and um and her poetry with us. And I, I wanted I forgot to note before we started talking about it that the um on online description of unfold is a multidisciplinary um expression of the release of our the release that our bodies feel when we let our story unfold. Um, so that's where this term unfold comes from. And then um, to top it all off with um, the throat singer that we saw, she was incredible. She was amazing. And yeah. also also very generous with her story, too. Yes, and, and her vulnerability. All the performances just had this amazing vulnerability with them. And, yeah, she, her, she shared um, a – was it – did she start with a poem and then do her song and then the – throat singing at the end she did she started with a poem in Cree that then and then she sang a song that and said and mentioned that that would be not the translation necessarily but um you know the english expression of what she was talking about in Cree. um and then she finished with throat singing but before she did the throat singing part she also um she also just sort of like gave us a a really insightful sort of thought about um the ancestors and what crying means um yeah. and I, that that really stuck with me i thought that that was really beautiful it was really impactful so she had described it as uh, crying and being in that state of grief for someone that you've loved or for your ancestors is a way of reaching through and connecting with them and feeling that they're there with you and that was just so lovely. Yeah, she's yeah. She said it was like connecting with the other side. Your tears allow you to get there because your ancestors see the tears, and also then um, just this incredible depth that we all got to reach with her in that throat singing performance. Just uh, she's she explained it as experimental throat singing, um, and it is reminiscent of the style that Tanya Tagak does. Um, but it was just. I, I don't even know how long it went on, but it was like you were just mesmerized. It, like, I felt we went to the other side for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Transported is definitely the word. And um, I was very grateful that she shared her her thoughts on what that state of grief and crying and reaching out to your loved ones was. Because exactly like you said, like it felt like I was also connecting with the people that I had lost. Mm -hmm. And it was very wonderful and uh, very emotional performance to take in. Yeah, yeah. I left. I left really thinking the human body allows us to tell stories in such incredible ways. And what a treat that we went. We go. We went to one night of this performance series, and we saw so much. Um, and I feel. I feel really fortunate that we got to see um, 
those ones in particular, but I can't imagine like what's in store for the rest of Chinook. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, as, as somebody who was a, a first time goer, I I cannot wait to see more. That was it was such a wonderful evening, and I had just this real sense of gratitude by the time it ended. It was it was a very special night. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that I hope that um, you will do it again sometime. Oh, I would love that. We'll we'll, we'll find you some more dance that <laughs> you can try and describe what it looked like. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, while we're while we we still have you, um, where can people hear your voice more? Oh, well, they can hear. They can hear my editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you uh, don't speak on the Well and Down podcast? Not very often. Every once in a while. I, I guest host a little while ago, uh, but mostly I'm behind the scenes. So, yeah, I'm, I help out with the Well and Down podcast. Uh, that's produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. Uh, and it's such a wonderful project to be a part of. And I am sort of on the Twitters, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, and I'm at Lisa Pruden Pants. That's where I'm around. That's great. Oh, the, thanks so much, Lisa, for being on I Don't Get It. It's oh. great to have new guests. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks. All right. You can see, uh, audiences, you can see more of the Chinook series running until February 17th um, at the Arts Barns and a couple of other locations. And then with that, we'll go to our first ad. <laughs> Paula Simons is well-known in Edmonton for her work as an award-winning journalist with the Edmonton Journal, and now she's embarking on a whole new adventure as an independent senator. On the most recent episode of the Well-Endowed podcast, Paula discusses this big transition and lets listeners in on what the Senate is up to when it's in session. For more information on Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. Coming soon, you can catch That's a Thing, live, in a session called The Internet is My GSA. Mom and daughter podcast duo Elizabeth Spencer and Karen Unland will record on March 17th at the Skirts of Fire Festival, which features the work of women in the arts in Edmonton. You'll hear their regular kind of chat about modern media, and then they'll give you a panel with guests from the fest. For more info about That's a Thing and all of APN's member podcasts, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. Cool. That does sound cool. Uh, I, I really do like the dynamic of That's a Thing. Um, Karen and Elizabeth are, are two very cool people. And just like, can you imagine doing a podcast with your, with your mom? I'm, I'm not sure I want to answer that question right now, but yes. But can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? <laughs> yes, I can. And what and that, I think, that, that must be like? I think doing podcasts with moms is part, probably pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I think that <laughs> that is a very special dynamic for, for hosting. Yeah. <laughs> that, that does actually work very well uh, with That's a Thing. Uh, I do highly recommend checking out that podcast. It's, it is, it is, is a it, lot of fun. It's, it's true gold, <laughs> and I'm really glad that um, Skirts of Fire was able to incorporate them into the programming because that's also a really great festival that happens in March. Um, so what, what, what else is coming up, Andrew? What are we, what are we looking at here? Ah, uh, lots of things. If you're looking to borrow a tenor, you can lend me a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to be funny. That's that's cute. That's adorable. <laughs> uh, anyway, lend me a tenor uh, is at the Mayfield Dinner Theater until March 31st. Um, until February 17th, as previously mentioned, the Chinook series is running at the Alberta, at the ATB Arts Barns. That's true. And from February 14th to March 3rd, uh, 
We Are Not Alone by Damien Atkins is playing at Theater Network. Which is, I think, maybe going to be like the cool X-Files like production of, of the season. Oh, how so? Um, <laughs> what is, it's about do, aliens. Do tell, it's yeah, about okay, aliens. Okay, okay. It's called We Are okay. Not Alone. You know, there's the poster. He's wearing it on a t-shirt for the, for the ads. Right. And Damien Atkins, cool... Um, Edmonton, Edmonton raised um, uh, talent um, who's who's gone on to do really cool things. Wow. Yes. Um, also, another very cool Edmonton talent, Farron Timoteo is doing Made in Italy uh, in a run at the Citadel Theater from February fourteenth to sixteenth. This is in the venue that is no longer called the club, um, but it is the again the Rice Theater as it once was. In the venue formerly known as the, the venue club, formerly known as the club, formerly known as the Rice Theater, now again known as the Rice Theater, aka really looking forward to the space being programmed regularly again. We are going to talk about the Citadel's new season in an upcoming episode. We just haven't had the chops to sit down and and, and really think about it yet. Well, I think we have the chops. I think it's more of a time thing. <laughs> it's more of a time thing, true. <laughs> and then February 15th to 16th, the Brian Webb Dance Company is presenting Wen Wei Wang's Dialogue at Triffo Theatre. Where is Triffo? It's in Allard Hall, which is ah, the Ah, the McEwen space. The big yeah, old yeah, yeah. new pretty McEwen building. And um, very exciting um, starting up the uh, on February 16th, running through March 17th, so nice long run, is Matilda at the Citadel Theatre, which is a musical written with lyrics by Tim Minchin. Do you know who Tim Minchin is, Andrew? Yes, I do. He is a very funny comedian out of Australia who has a very good um, Christmas carol that is like an Australian Christmas carol, uh, Drinking White Wine in the Sun. And this is one of, my favorite, songs, yeah, one of he, my favorite songs of all time. But Tim Minchin is also famous for a lot of other comedy and rants and musical type things. Um, and he's a very cool writer. And so can't wait to see what um, Matilda has in store for us. Indeed. So, yeah. Well, um, thanks for, again, pinch hitting for Paul on the episode, Andrew. Great job. Well, thank you. It's always nice to be on the side of the microphone. Also, I really want to go find that fish that Paul was stuffing in his face in Thailand that he posted about. Oh, it looks so good. It's the best it looks food so pictures good. of stuff from Thailand. I guess, I guess it's payback. <laughs> and when he gets back here, we are hopefully going to be doing some conversations and reviews of some shows that Paul saw in Thailand. Bring it, Paul. All right. Everyone, go see some, go see some stuff. There's some amazing things happening out there. And go eat fish in Thailand. Bye. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov.